All right, welcome to another Coaches Roundtable. These are now on Spotify. Can you believe it? <laughs> Look, Mum, we've made it. Um, is this episode 11? I believe it is. Something like that. Who really knows at this point? Who knows? We've done so many. All right, this, I reckon this will be relatively short. So should we just kick off straight away with the first question? Let's go. All right, then. Question number one is from Special K. Um, some of you might know her as Kerry or Keza or Kez. She's got a lot of nicknames. Um, so she has asked, at what point would you start considering using a belt slash knee sleeves? It's mm-hmm. a good question. It is a very good question. Do you want to take that away? I'm happy for you to take yeah. it away. And who never uses a belt and barely uses knee sleeves? <laughs> <laughs> Versus who well, yeah. always uses a belt and always uses bloody knee sleeves. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think it's understanding what they're used for. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, the belt is probably like if, if you put a gun to my head and said you can only have a belt or knee sleeves, I'd go probably with a belt. Um, you know, obviously, the, the belt is basically for kind of allowing you to increase your intra-abdominal pressure. So in regular people terms, that means that, you know, you can stay stiffer through the torso. And um, essentially it kind of allows you to produce a little bit more force um, through a little bit of magic. Um, But essentially you're looking at like a small, small increase um, to strength and power. Um, So I don't know, like, if I had, you know, let's say squatting, what would I be able to do beltless versus with a belt? Um, I feel like probably at most a belt might give you an extra couple of percent. Um, no more than five, I wouldn't have thought. No more than five percent, thereabouts. So, and that's, you know, using it kind of correctly and getting it fitted properly. Um, as for knee sleeves, uh, people, depends really on the knee sleeves obviously you've got sleeves you've got um knee wraps as well and um sometimes you know you can wear them for a little bit of extra support they'll definitely help you kind of getting out of the hole in a squat because essentially it's a little bit more of a rebound effect Um, but also for warmth as well you'll see like some people wear really really thin knee sleeves just to kind of keep the joint warm Um, so it kind of depends what you're using it for Um, wraps can obviously be tightened or loosened um, so generally, uh, p- people use wraps when they need more support than what um, a knee sleeve will provide. You do see it quite often um, in kind of like heavies and super heavies. They'll, you know, tend to you, you usually see more wraps up there. Um, but by and large, like, you know, so yeah, a little bit more rebound, a little bit more support for the knee, keep things warm, that kind of thing. Um, again, can help at kind of maximal attempts, whether that's snatch, clean and jerk, squats, that kind of thing, um, but can also get in the way. Um, I use my kind of knee sleeves for clean and jerks, but not for snatch, um, purely because with clean and jerks, it's a little bit more bounce out of the kind of catch and then the front squat, um, but for snatch, it just kind of gets in the way um, and also gives me a little bit too much rebound in the catch, which you really don't want um, in a snatch. You just want to be a little bit more stable. So in terms of when you should start using them, um, basically like as long as you're technically reasonably proficient, I think that you can, you know, start having a go. Um, 
obviously doing it before you get to the point that you're technically proficient, you're never going to be able to take advantage of them. You know, you're never going to, you know, for example, um, you know, in the back squat, if you don't really know how to brace correctly already, then, you know, who, who cares? Or if you're already, you know, you're adding a couple of percent onto your back squat, like, you know, every week or every month, because you're still new to the game, then there's not really a whole lot of point in investing in the belt because it's the difference is going to be marginal. Um, kind of even with knee sleeves as well, it's like um, timing the bounce and yeah, more about kind of like timing that kind of thing. Like, you know, it's not, a knee sleeve is not really going to help you all that much um, unless of course, well, even then, you know, if, you, if your knees are um, sore or if they're painful, then, you know, just putting knee sleeves on is kind of like, then it's probably a bigger issue if you're a beginner and your knees are sore. Um, so don't use them as like a plaster. Um, but in terms, yeah, I'd say like once you get kind of like technically proficient, then you can actually start to take advantage of them. Um, and then, then they're of benefit and then they're worth the investment. Um, at what point do you become technically proficient? Kind of depends on the person, but like as a general rule of thumb, probably once you've been lifting for about a year, um, thereabouts, then, you know, have a play. But, you know, again, don't expect, you know, the more equipment you get does not make you a better lifter. You know, it's, it's an individual thing at the end of the day as well. Um, so, you know, but with your, with your team, like, you know, borrow a belt or borrow their sleeves or that kind of thing and get a feel for kind of what you prefer and what works for you and then go from there, really. Sorry, that was a really long-winded answer. <laughs> I just want to add in, if someone asks to use my knee sleeves, I will, I will <laughs> always say no. <laughs> and you do not want to share my knee sleeves. But I think you summarised that really well. I don't really have a lot to add. I think the, the important point that you made, which is right at the start, was... Um, you need to understand why you're using that piece of equipment. Uh, and I think I don't really need to say much else because you already covered belts for intra-abdominal pressure. And I think realistically, like you also mentioned, it, it gives you such a little amount of advantage if you don't already, if you aren't already proficient and already strong enough. Um, like for example, if you don't do any kind of core, like specific core work or, you know, you don't learn how to brace properly and you're all over the shop in a squat, a belt is not going to help you. Like, it's not like you said, you know, it's like putting a plaster over a gun wind. You need to figure out what the issue is first before you then look for a quick fix. So I think it comes down to the person, doesn't it? It depends you know, what you need to use it for um, and why you think you need to use it. And I think after that, like you said, you can try it out. And then if, if you don't feel like it's doing anything, then don't use it. You don't need to use equipment. I started different to Alex. So when I first started weightlifting, I actually um, had a hairline fracture of both my coccyx when I was doing a front squat. And this was whilst I was wearing like a Velcro kind of belt, which I still have. And uh, this is what I first... What's that? It wasn't because you were doing CrossFit. <laughs> it, it, well, I mean, I don't really know. I was doing a front squat. I don't know what happened. I didn't brace properly and something popped. But uh, yeah, obviously after that, I'd actually learn how to create intra-abdominal pressure, how to brace properly, how to actually squat properly. Um, and since then I've not worn a belt and that was four or five years ago. 
Whereas with knee sleeves, generally I'll wear my knee sleeves after maybe 60, 70% is on the bar. Um, and I, I often find with knee sleeves, it's mainly, it's more of a confidence thing. Uh, cause I've torn both my ACLs. It's kind of like a, I do like to keep them warm. Yes. But it's also more just to give me a little bit of confidence that my knees have some extra support to them. Yeah, they're not going to explode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I generally like, like you, I don't generally wear my, uh, my sleeves for snatches cause it feels too restrictive. Whereas with the clean and jerk, I think you can get away with it because you need you require a little bit more elasticity out of the bottom. Whereas in the snatch, you need to be a slightly stiffer. You might yeah, need to take your time a little bit. Yeah, for me, it's just you know it's the elasticity in the bottom. It's like for the clean and jerk, that's great because usually you're straight out of the bottom. But with the snatch, like you might sit about there for a little bit, and so having caught it, and then you know the knee sleeves actually cause you to bounce up a little bit. It's just not ideal. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh, to be fair as well, having said that, um, during this lockdown, I have, I've been lifting, but I haven't really been doing a lot of ollie lifting. I've only been using my sleeves for, um, for squats and I haven't, done, I haven't used my sleeves for any kind of cleans or, or front squats or anything like that. Just because as you and I know, I've been trying to work on my, uh, my bounce out of the bottom because <laughs> yeah. I currently have no elasticity. <laughs> my hips are very tight. <laughs> He just catches it. He's like, <laughs> Stiff boy. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a good question though. Um, I don't know if we really kind of gave you the right answer, but we gave you the answer that we would always give to people is it's worth trying out if you, if you want to see, but to be honest, if you can get away without using them, you don't need them. Yeah. Um, I think just like that's a beginner as well. Cause what, what would, like a, a kind of mid range belt would probably cost you about like, 50 quid something like that yeah about 30 40 what 30 40 yeah mm. like, wait knee sleeves knee sleeves are like 60 quid now yeah yeah if you're looking at like spd a7 um mm. can't think of any others there's you there's loads of others but yeah generally if you're looking at trying to get knee sleeves i'd get things like two ply or three ply one ply is not really going to do a lot um mm. and i think with knee wraps i don't really think many people lift enough to warrant wearing knee wraps if i'm honest <laughs> yeah it's, um, the thing is with knee wraps it's like they can be really really good and the kind of adjustability is really really useful um but they're just they're just a pain to put on and take off mm -hmm. you know and yeah. when you're like training or if you're in a competition environment and you know the bloody thing keeps coming unraveled and you're just panicking because you're next on yeah. and, like one of your knees is wraps like nah <laughs> at least with sleeves like you know <laughs> i find the issue with me is actually getting them on and um but once they're on they're on yeah you know? exactly all right good question next question is from lily um mm -hmm. and her question is an interesting one because i think this really will come down to preference but I also wanted to touch a little bit on kind of sleep and, and a couple of other things. But the question is, is there an ideal time of day to train? Oh, good question. Um, 6 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Uh, honestly, I, in terms of uh, without having, without being a cop out, I generally would say it, it depends. Like <laughs> I genuinely think that, 
I'm going to get some t-shirts with just, it depends it on. It depends. It depends. Hey coach, I've got a question. Answer. <laughs> it always depends. Um, no, I feel like that's kind of a lazy answer, but the thing is, it's kind of, sort of, it isn't at the same time because it really does depend on your preference. If you are a morning person, you're going to want to train a little bit earlier, right? If you wake up at 6am naturally, you don't want to train at like 7, 8pm because you've already been awake for God knows how long. But then some people like training in the evening as well. And I think it just comes down to preference. Some people like training when they haven't eaten or had caffeine. Some people like having at least two or three coffees in them before they train as well as, you know, breakfast and lunch. Um, but I also think it comes down to, you've ever heard of the circadian rhythm? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like th- kind of cycle thing. Yeah, and I, I know it's quite an interesting. I, I don't know enough about it to warrant me having a long discussion about it on this podcast, but it's definitely something that might be of interest, uh, especially if Lily asked the question. Um, I can certainly have a look into it a little bit deeper. But from my understanding, the circadian rhythm is essentially like your twenty-four hour body clock. Um, and there's certain times throughout your day where, for example, like in the AM, your testosterone might peak. Um, and then in the PM, obviously melatonin increases to try and make you sleepy, et cetera, et cetera. And generally it, it should be relatively the same in most individuals, but then it also comes down to whether you're a a morning person or, or a, a night person. Um, and I think that will obviously depend on your circadian rhythm. So from what, I mean, personally for me, I prefer training between sort of like a 10 and two window between 10 and two. Um, It it doesn't matter if it's like a little bit before that or a little bit after that. Like, yeah, I I just generally prefer to, to train between 10 and two. Um, Anything after three, four o'clock. And I'm like, unless I've had an excessive amount of caffeine, and you know i slept well the night before and i haven't had work because again that plays into if you've been sat on your ass for eight hours or not sat on your ass but you've been working hard sat on your bum for eight hours it's probably not going to be that conducive to you coming in and having an amazing session having said that if you don't want to get up at 6 a.m to train before you start work at nine don't do that because it's obviously not going to help you train so I think generally it comes down to just uh, what you find comfortable. Some people can't have, don't have the structure to just take two hours out of their day at 12 p.m. to go and lift at lunchtime because they have a full-time job or, you know, whatever. That's my two cents anyway. No, that's fair. I think, like, I've always preferred training in the mornings, sometimes, like, really early mornings, like 6 a.m., um because that's the point at which the gym opens but i find like i find generally like if you leave it towards the afternoon my training sessions get a lot more um regular is not the right word variable Mm -hmm. you know um because it's just like stuff goes on throughout the day maybe you eat well maybe you don't maybe you're a bit stressed maybe you're not maybe there's you know you're trying to train but you're thinking about like you know this kind of meeting happening or this email that you've got to get back to or you know whatever it is and um i find that that makes it a little bit 
yeah, it's, it's less consistent. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, 6am, roll out of bed, roll into the gym. You know, you're not thinking about all of, all of that stuff, all the kind of like day-to-day life stuff is just way, you know, it's not happening yet. Just think about it later. Um, you know, I find as well that like, especially in kind of like commercial gyms and such, it's a lot quieter at 6am. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you get first in, you can bag a platform, you're good to go. And, um, and it just kind of means that like that training's done. You're not trying to fit it in during the rest of the day. You've got your day off to a good start. Um, you know, you've already like gone out and accomplished something. You're feeling good. And it, I just find like, I'd much prefer to train then than to train in like an afternoon where like, you know, I might be sluggish. I might be tired. You know, I, you might have, you know, gone to work and had a day of work and then you, you don't really feel like training. You just want to go home mm-hmm. and have dinner and go to bed. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I've always been a fan of kind of like doing it in the morning. Um, I'm not really a morning person. Don't really like them. Um, <laughs> but I just find that, yeah, training first thing works. And, Get you know, out of the way, yeah. Like, I think, like, I, want, I want to say, you know, because I would be your strongest in the afternoon. It was to do with your, um, what you mentioned about the circadian yeah. uh, rhythm. I want to say it's between 1 and 2 p.m. That's probably completely wrong, though. Um, but... It's, but at the end of the day, like, you know, does it matter? Because even if you're like percent stronger in the afternoon, right? It doesn't mean that, you know, you're going to be making more progress if you train in the afternoon. Because if you train in the morning, yeah, you might be a little bit like weaker, but you're still going to put your body through the gauntlet, you know? Yeah. You're going to, I can't see how, you know, training at a particular time is going to lead to much of a performance improve. Yeah. Unless, you know, yeah. things with kind of like other factors and things. I think it's definitely, like, I think the point you're getting to is it's definitely minimal. It, it has minimal impact. If you yeah. train at, like, 10, and, and there's some research that says that strength peaks at 4 p.m., I really don't think there's going to be that much difference if, yeah. if it's day-to-day. You know, mm. like, and also, like you said, it's your strength can be so variable between day to day. Like you, you could, on one day, you could be squatting 140, absolutely no problem. Try and do that two, three days later when you've got no fatigue after you've recovered. You try and do the same thing. You, you might find that it's not the same. It doesn't move the same. Or you might find, shit, man, 140 is moving quick. Let's go to 150. But it's not always that linear uh, relationship it doesn't work like that mm-hmm. and um, I don't know if there's a research paper on this but I also read a couple of years ago that some uh, in some cases your strength can fluctuate day to day between 10 and 20 percent you imagine percentage of that on the barbell it's probably not yeah. a, an, uh, a relationship between percentage on a barbell and actual percentage of strength I don't know how mm-hmm. they would quantify that I assume that they probably would have used maximal force production with like a force plate or a isometric mm. um, test or something, but it's qu- that's quite a large amount. Ten percent yeah. is that's a that's a big chunk. Yeah. No, I would argue that like you know if you you roll out of bed, you're probably not at your strongest. You know, <laughs> no, like yeah. that over there is a nightmare to get open at the best of times. And so, like when you just woken up, just trying, just trying to get the fucking handle around as a yeah. pain. The rest of the day is fine. But like, I figure, you know, if you can hit your openers in an early morning session, then whether it's a morning, midday, afternoon, or evening competition, you're going to be fine. You yeah. know, 
It gives you a little bit of margin as well. Yeah. Yeah, they but definitely think... don't fluctuate through the day though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd definitely say that I'm I'm strongest between 10 and 4. I don't care what... 10 and 2, sorry, not 10 and 4. Uh, mm. I don't care what the what research says. But I, again, it depends because research is only on based on... Although it's based on a population, all those populations are, in effect, individual case studies. Mm. So just because they've taken 18 to 35-year-olds does not mean that every single 18 to 35 year old is going to be strong at 5 p.m. Because it yeah. doesn't work like that because everyone has different <laughs> lives. If you had 118 to 35 year olds who were grown out of a test tube and they all lived in a lab and they all trained at the same time and they all ate the same, this sounds like a communist country. <laughs> and they, hold on a second. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it just... It, it doesn't work like that. I, so I'd just say, do first of all, do it whenever you can, whenever you feel good, and also whenever work allows you, whenever your life allows you to. Because mm. we also have to realise that as much as we still want to train and think like elite lifters, we have to realise that we are not elite lifters. Like It doesn't mean to say that you shouldn't think like you are and you shouldn't train like you are and eat like you are and sleep like you are, but elite lifters, that is their job. Our job is not to lift. Our job is to go to work nine to five or whatever the hell you do for work and then to go and lift. It's more of a hobby than it is. We're, we're hobbyists. And it's not to say just because we're hobbyists, we shouldn't focus on trying to nail the things that elite athletes do. But generally, the odds are more stacked against us than they are for elite athletes because it's you're not... You've not got any resources behind you. No, exactly. You know, you're not got the capital. You've not got you know, the coaches and the support staff, physio, that kind of thing, the training hall, like, you don't have any of that. You just yeah. have, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, again, as you say, the principles are the same, whether yeah. you're, you know, an elite athlete or, you know, just somebody who's just there for the social aspect. It's like, you know, progressive overload, recover well, yep. eat well, eat well, have some good training partners, have a decent coach, like, yeah, exactly. And I think the other thing as well is, and this is not to take away from any elite lifters, is I feel like sometimes with people who do work full-time jobs and they are still very good athletes, it takes so much discipline. I'm not talking about hard work because hard work and work ethic is the sort of thing that you have to do in the gym where you turn up and you're tired and you still put the work in. That's work ethic. Discipline is everything outside of the gym your nutrition, your sleep, your recovery, your, oh, let's just go out for one beer. No, I'm good, thanks. I've got training early in the morning. That's your discipline. And it doesn't mean to say that just because you have a full-time job, you shouldn't still be disciplined. In If, if, if that's what you really care about, you know, I'm, I'm not forcing everyone to become elite lifters and you have to realize that not everyone will be, but it doesn't mean to say that you shouldn't be pushed towards uh, trying to at least better yourself. Mm. Even if you're not elite, it doesn't matter. You still have to think and do. Um, I think we got a bit off topic of the, of the uh, actual question, but I, th I reckon we, I think we answered it. I'm sure Lily will be able to let us know if, um, if we didn't. Yeah, right. You didn't help me whatsoever. Yeah. That was a <laughs> rubbish question. No, I'm joking. <laughs> It was a good, it's a good question though. And I think it generally just comes down to individuals. Um, right. 
Have we got time for one more? I think so, yeah. Um, okay. I, I want to pose a question. Okay. Oh, Christ. Okay. Uh, I'm just trying to find it because I wrote it to you this morning. And um, Oh, actually, let's go with... Because I asked you two this morning. So I reckon let's go with the one that's the most appropriate for this time period, seeing as we now just found out we're coming out of lockdown on the second. And then next week we can always cover the second one because I feel like the uh, the first one that I asked you was, might be slightly long-winded. So here's the second one. Um, what do we do next week when gyms open? You uh, send it. Send it. <laughs> Go full send. Go full send. Um, again, yeah, um, it depends if you sends. Um, if you've been able to kind of like train like you, you would usually, then, you know, potentially you could. But like, I think by and large, you know, people, they're dealing with limited equipment, limited kind of resources, mm -hmm. you know, not being able to get as much out of their training. And so coming back into the gym on the first day and just going ham doesn't sound like the best recipe uh, <laughs> in my mind. I think that might leave you a little bit injury prone. Um, I, you know, I'd say just work, work it back up from when you get in. Yeah. Give it a week or two um, to kind of get back into your usual training schedule um, and then go from there, really. But, yeah. Because yeah. you know, I've been squatting and pressing and doing lots of strength movements. I've got a bar and some bumpers, but you know, I can't snatch or clean and jerk in my living room. So I've just yeah. been kind of like leaving that for now. So I know it's going to take me like probably probably a week to kind of get back to, um, you know, just to be able to snatch and clean and jerk properly again. So I don't think I'm going to go ham, although I always say that and then I always do. Mm. But... <laughs> So yeah, I'd say, you know, work it up slowly. Um, you know, don't like take it easy. Don't put your feet up, but you know, don't be stupid either. Yeah. 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 Like a, you know, a good balance between the two. Yeah. I, I definitely think they're just gradually introducing load and intensity. Yeah. It doesn't have to be over like six months. Like you don't have to take the mick, but also, you know, you have to realize that you've got time. I don't, I mean, I, I hope to God that gyms don't close next year. I'm, I'm saying we've got time to be optimistic, but you, mm -hmm. you do, you know, you've got more than you realize. And also, even if you haven't trained for the last three weeks, I think you'd be surprised at how little strength you've lost. Mm -hmm. If you slowly reintegrate lifting over the next two to three weeks. Um, I think to be honest with weightlifting generally, if you have been able to get access to equipment and you haven't been going that heavy, hopefully your coaches have been giving you sort of like more volume or some technical work and stuff. And I think that that sort of stuff will lend itself really well to come back into the gym because you've been practicing the movements. So it's, it's more about like movement literacy than it is about actually trying to put weight on the bar. And then again, it's just slowly introducing load over the coming weeks. But yeah, just chat to your coach and just figure out what you think could be best. But the only thing I'd say is just I wouldn't go ham. There's no need to. Like, mm. it's not like the gyms are going to open on the second and they're going to close on the third. I mean, yeah. I'd hope I'd hope not. 
<laughs> I you don't know these days. <laughs> if if that's the case, ignore everything we've just said. <laughs> You've yeah. got Christmas to recover. <laughs> Pull both your hamstrings. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, like you said, just reintegrate things. Just see how things move. See, it's also a good opportunity to, if you haven't been doing any training, just to focus on things that you're shit at as well. You yeah. know, by actually doing technical work, not just going, oh, this feels really good and putting more weight on the bar, more weight on the bar. But having said that, sometimes, you know, you could do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's not... A week of technical work is probably a pretty good prescription anyway. Yeah, a week. Yeah. yeah, with some strength work as well. You know, just gradually build some. Doesn't have to be anything. It doesn't have to be anything super fancy. It could be, you know, some squats and pulls, some presses, plus some technical lifts. You know, mm -hmm. just something to kind of get those legs and the back and the shoulders and um, just kind of hardwired to get back to what they were used to do, which is to shift in, right? Put it over your head. <laughs> but yeah, um, cool. Sounds good. Is that, should we cap it there? I think so, I don't, I don't have any questions. So. All right, sweet. All right, we're going to stop there, guys. So thanks for tuning in to episode 11. Um, even though we are coming out of lockdown next week, I think we're going to look to carry these on, right, Al? Yeah, no, sounds good. I think, yeah. you know, they're quite fun to organize and people keep sending us questions, so we're going to keep giving answers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Cool, so we should catch you guys next week. Um, yeah, well, this will go out on YouTube and also on our Spotify now. Oi, oi. Hey. All right. <laughs> See you next week, guys. Peace. Thanks,